Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Happy Wednesday, guys. It's so nice to have you here. I've got a huge announcement today, so I want to get straight into it. And that is we're going to trial a Girl Next Door book club because I put something out there the other day on my Facebook and you guys were all super keen. That, sorry, not my Facebook, just on my Instagram. And there were so many people keen to jump in and read a book with me. I thought, you know what? Let's do this. So the way it will work is make sure that you find the book club page that I've created on Facebook. It's called Girl Next Door Book Club and just request to join. There's one question to answer and then I'll put the details up there of, um, you know, how we'll go about reading the book together. I'll tell you what the book is in just a sec. Um, Facebook, I figured, was a great place for discussion because so many of you don't live in Australia and are in different time zones. In fact, shout out to the girls in Brazil, I found out. I've got a little fan club in Brazil. Hi, girls. Um, so you girls can join too and chat at any time of the day or night. Okay, so the other thing I'm going to do is walk us through the book on the podcast each week. But for those of you that don't want to read the book, it's still okay. You don't have to. If you don't um, want to, I'm still going to walk you through it in a way that will make sense. And the book I've co- chosen is called Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. Okay, and it's by Abigail Schreier, I think is how you say her name. The best place I grabbed mine from because it was quick and easy was Kindle. I think it was like $18, which is pretty good. And we will start it next week. So let me just talk for just a second about the actual book because it's been given a lot of reviews um, and it was it's quite controversial. Um, Target actually banned it for a while. And then there was such backlash that they had to reverse it, apologize, and they put it back on its shelf. But one of the reasons I chose it was it was given reviews and forwards by a lot of people who I trust and whose views I trust. And um, I thought, you know what, I trust them, so I'm going to go ahead and and launch into the book. I have actually started reading it, and um, I just wanted to say for firstly that I work with youth pastors and leaders around the country, as well as running Youth Alive Academy, which is a leadership and Bible college nationally around Australia. And the issue of gender identity and transgender is becoming a topic of increased focus. And everywhere I go, youth pastors and leaders ask me how we should best deal with this whole situation, because we have so much compassion for young people. That's why Um, leaders and pastors are working with young people. And when young people struggle with such a huge issue, we want to feel better equipped to deal with it. Okay. So it's the only resource I've come across so far that specifically deals with transgender um, in teenagers and teenagers are my jam. So before you judge me for choosing this book by its cover, I would suggest come along and read it with us. The author is actually extremely compassionate and loving towards all people, including transgender. So just, you know, be open-minded. I'll quote a little quote from her that she said, this book is not about transgender adults, though in the course of writing it, I interviewed many. Those who present as women and those who present as men, they are kind, 
thoughtful, and decent. And they describe the relentless chafe of a body that feels all wrong and that seems somehow a lie. So just in case anyone wanted to judge me out there on choosing this book, the author is very compassionate. So I just wanted to say that. Um, And secondly, for anyone that has told me, including my husband, that I'm game to read this book as a part of the podcast, I would say, isn't it about time that we had the discussion? And if our young people and leaders can't come to us and ask questions and have a healthy discussion, then to whom can they go? We have politicians, educators, social media, the media, medical community even, are willing to literally play with young people's lives by allowing them to pick, choose, and then irreversibly change their gender on an ideology that became popular just yesterday. And there's not enough research, really. The verdict is still out. So we should be asking questions. In fact, it's utterly ridiculous, insane insane to me if we don't. Um, We're talking about young people's lives here. So we should be saying, hey, let's wait a minute and have a chat about this. And I think the author has great courage to not only write about a controversial topic, but to ask the questions that we must ask and that nobody else seems to have the courage to ask. And I've been teaching for a long time. I've been in ministry with young people a long time. And I know myself how all of a sudden, um, you know, the number of adolescents claiming to have gender dysphoria and self-identifying as transgender has absolutely exploded in the last 10 years. So my question is, and the author's question is, why? Why suddenly has it exploded in adolescence? What happened? And I think that we need to ask the question and discuss it. So come join us. But to kick off today, I'm sure that you're listening partly because of the title of the podcast. And I've actually got a really good friend, someone I love dearly, and she is so much fun. I think today is going to be a hoot. Her name is Erin. Hey, Erin. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so I'll explain who Erin is. Erin um, uh, is, or how do I explain which, which part of you should I explain? So she runs... The many the, facets of me. <laughs> many facets of Erin. She's very involved in Youth Alive. You might know her as Karen on Youth Alive. Yes. <laughs> She's very funny. She anchors mm. Youth Alive with Sai. With when it yep. comes to like all of their conference videos, yeah, um, and anything pre-show to do with conference, we've done. So we did like, I think there's a few Instagram videos on yeah. like IGTV on the Youth Alive Queensland Queensland one. Yeah, go yeah. check it out. Yeah, all of that stuff. So she's really funny. She's also um, she's studied uh, theology and she also works with young people. So she's been a huge part of our. Gold Coast youth group that we launched two, three years ago, and now she is helping coordinate and launching our Brisbane youth. So she's a huge part of that. Um, what else can I say? Oh, and this is the other thing. This is why I wanted Erin to come. Erin and I. So Erin's a lot younger than me. So how old are you? Do you want to say how old you are? I'm 25. I'll be 25 when this comes oh out. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> it's it over. <laughs> it's over. If you're over, then I'm half rolling in the grave. Well, I... Am rolling in the grave. 25. It's done. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Is it nearly your birthday? Yes. Oh, when? Friday. Oh, so she's still 24. Okay. Yeah. You know 25 means you hit the, hit the scales towards 30. Yeah, that's where I feel concerned about it. It's all good. Well, if you feel concerned, how should I be feeling? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like 25 feels overwhelming when most of the people I know are like 19. 
<laughs> so it makes you think like, oh, when I'm 30, you'll only be 25. Well, I'm, most of the people I know are 25. That's so, well, I It keeps you young. I love being with Age 25. is just a number. Jail is just a room, they I say. I prefer being with younger people. I love it. So, but the thing is too, Erin and I have always had big chats about controversial topics, haven't we, for a long, yeah. for many years. I always use you as an example, as someone that I, we almost always disagree, but we can mm. always have a really civil, educated conversation and we don't necessarily walk away with a completely different, like, um, opinion. Changed view. Yeah, yeah, a changed view. But we walk away going, oh, I learned something and that's changed my perspective on how people approach it, which I think that's probably the, that's why you should yeah. enter into conversations, not just to get your opinion across or not just to get your voice out there, but to literally have empathy for someone else that has a different view. It humanizes them instead yes. of just being like, oh, you're just this evil thing. Yes. Um. So I always use that as the, like such a healthy example that we like, I think we're pretty much off, opposite on so many things, yeah, yep. but we always, it's like never. We have really interesting discussions that like we yeah, thoroughly yeah. enjoy. And you yeah. know what? This helps me actually, because you can be my testament. Um, <laughs> some people on my social media might go, you know, ah, oh, you, you hid my comment or you blah, blah, blah. I don't like having arguments on social media. That's not who I am. <laughs> I think it's so unproductive. <laughs> I don't like Every it. time I see a Facebook post or something where people go Argue. crazy, I'm like, it. this is not about learning. This is not about educating. This is about putting your opinion down and going, this is my opinion. Mm. And you can mask it in whatever way because you can mask it in, oh, I'm just trying to educate or I'm just trying to um, offer a different opinion. It's like you can, it's, you're just trying to say this is what I think and then mm. the other person's going to go, well, this is what I think. That's great, but yeah. this is what I think. But And it's just You're back and forth. You're not going to move someone on social oh, media. It's just not productive. It's just no. not productive at all. So if anyone tries to do that and I've hidden your comment, that's why because I just don't care yeah <laughs> no it's not that I don't care I I do care because I have these but I have them in real person or or people can dm me but I have them in real person yeah. because then I can see your face and yeah we're not going to get offended with each other and I never want to offend people and um but anything that might be controversial I like to have that discussion I think real it's so time. much better to have it in person yeah except well, for my it's, podcast I don't wanna... where it's my opinion so don't listen if you don't want yeah. to hear it <laughs> So true. Okay. So that's why I picked Erin and I texted her the other night and I think I gave her conniptions because I go, Erin, I'm not prepping you. I'm not telling you what I think. And literally her and I have not spoken about this. No. And I said to her, the topic is, so what? Harry Styles wore a dress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good fun to start uh -huh. our topic. Really low-key, low key, not political, no. not controversial no. topic. But I just no thought prep, who great. better than, yeah, no prep. But in saying that, I said you could do your own little bits of research. Yeah. And I've done mine. So you might hear my, my papers swiddling and swishing. So let me give you context. First of all, if you don't know who Harry Styles is, that's very funny. Um, he's, <laughs> he was the singer of One Direction. Have One Direction broken up? Okay. Well, I'm an avid, well <laughs> past One Direction fan. So One Direction, God bless them. Yes. Beautiful, amazing, incredible boy band. Anyone that's like, ill One Direction, I'm like, really? You don't it. like five hot guys that sing catchy music at 16? If you didn't like them, there's a problem. Weird. Anyway, so obviously they're <laughs> I amazing. I told you she's opinionated. I should have just caveated that at the <laughs> yeah, start. True. Yeah, so I was. But open to learning. 
So, totally. so are they broken up or are they? They together? are broken up. They did break okay. up. Zane. Okay. That's right, Zane. I don't want to blaspheme, but Zane. Yeah, sorry, I said his name out loud. He <laughs> left and broke oh, up the band. Okay, okay. He but, broke but, them but up. But it couldn't have gone on forever anyway. So Harry Styles yeah. was One Direction, and now has kind of branched out on his own. And he recently uh, wore a dress on the cover of Vogue magazine. Yes. And this is the controversy and it's the first time that a man has worn a dress on Vogue magazine. It's, it's definitely been done before yeah. by other musicians like David Bowie. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time he, like on Vogue. So it was, a, by the way, in case you want to know what it was, it was a Gucci jacket and a Gucci dress. Oh, <laughs> at least he did it in style. Because <laughs> his name's Harry Styles. Oh, oh well. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> My jokes are awesome. So what was your initial thought when you saw no, it? Literally, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah. to be, I'm, yeah, I didn't, I thought nothing of it. I was like, yeah, of course. Of course. Like Harry Styles, that's his, it's his brand. Like that's his right. whole sort of deal is like, is that, is, that's his brand. So I just sort of was like, oh, this is normal for him. Of course they'd pick Harry Styles. Who else are they going to pick that is as big as him, that sort of promotes um, sort of freedom of fashion, that yeah. kind of stuff. Because um, he's just, flamboyant yeah. by nature. Very flamboyant. Yeah. So because I um, – so that was your initial. Like, yeah, just, I was just kind of like, like yeah, oh, of course, cool. Harry Styles is going to do yeah. that. I saw it and I thought, that looks really weird. Of course Vogue it would did, do that. You know what? It did look uncom- – it felt like he wasn't comfortable in it because it wasn't – because I don't really see him – I see him dress in effeminate, like, suits and stuff, mm. but it's still, like, I've never seen him sort of probably go, like, as feminine as a dress. Right. So I was kind of like, oh, that's a bit different. But I was like, yeah, it's Vogue. Like, of course, they're going to do something, yeah, like, shocking. OTT with that. So I guess it was definitely a bit interesting. It didn't look – I feel like it didn't really suit him, but that's because I view him – I've just seen him in other outfits. So okay, I was just kind of like, I yeah, I guess so. I haven't seen him for ages. Right. The last song that he did that I loved was that, was it that war? I call it the war song. I can hear it in my head. It's probably not a war song. The war, the, the movie? No, oh, I can't remember. I can hear it in my head, but I can't sing it. The war song. I don't um, Watermelon? No, no, that wasn't that his latest one, Watermelon Sugar yeah. or something. Yeah. Now, whatever song he did previously, that was a real slow, melancholy one and it makes you cry. There's a few. I don't okay. know them off by heart. All right. So I honest, haven't I really seen listen. him for a while. Yeah. And so I just thought weird. I yeah. just thought it looked weird. So, yeah. okay, let, let's look at what the article said because I thought don't judge a book by its cover, like I said yeah. before, right? Yeah. So what, what kind of was the article about? Why did he do that? And um, apparently his sister said, because she was interviewed too, that their mum loved dress-ups and their mum used to – like do dress ups with them. Not alive. I'm not sure, but I know she's a little bit older. His mum oh. and dad are a little bit older, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I think she's still. No, she's still alive. Okay. No, she's still alive. Yeah. Um, and so the sister always hated it, um, but Harry was always quite into it. And I'm quoting the, right. the magazine. She did some, meaning the mum, some really elaborate paper mache outfits. So the mum was obviously creative and zany. Yeah. She made a giant mug and then painted an atlas on it, and that was Harry being the World Cup. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. That's actually amazing. <laughs> yeah. The outfit he loved the most was a Dalmatian dog outfit. And their mum always looked for any opportunity to 
for them to dress, dress up. up. Which I'm like, okay. do you know the number one thing that Georgia and Liam did and Ashton when they were little was do dress ups? And I've actually got a photo of yes. Liam in a fairy dress. Wow. With makeup. I did see him in a dress on his graduation. Oh, there you go. Did. That's the next groundbreaker. Ooh, controversy. <gasps> the pastor's daughter. That's right, Some everyone. Daughter. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Mistakes. Mistakes. I've got a control error near the microphone because she's about to eat Getting it. out. Yeah, the pastor's daughter. I mean, son. son. I don't oh. even know what I have. Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> happening. Dress. <laughs> but I like being a little bit kind of rebellious, so I was happy to yeah. that up. But anyway, that was fun. That was good, yeah. clean fun. That was fun. Um, but my kids love dressing up. Yeah. And the reason that Liam would put on a fairy outfit is because Georgia was older and that's the only dress up. You're at forced the time. into it. Totally. When you're an older sister. Totally. Yeah. And I've got photos to bring at his 21st birthday. Um, now, Harry Styles himself said that as a kid, he definitely loved fancy dress. And, um, you know, even in school plays, he felt like that's where it kind of all kicked off for him. So he just likes playing dress ups in general. And you said that. You said yeah. you've seen him in flamboyant clothes. Yeah. Okay, so then I had a second thought about it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to think. Did you see some tweets for some, from oh, people? Oh, there was definite controversy. So yeah. people, probably the biggest controversy was Candace Owens, who's a um, political commentator in America, very, yeah. very conservative Christian black woman. She's pretty cool. She's amazing. And she she was pretty hardcore about it. She was so hardcore about it. For me, I yeah. thought it was a bit laughable. Yeah, like but bring back masculinity. And she, she was really like, this is an out, outright attack. But I sort of only found out about count, can't count. Candace. Candace Owens' comment is because all over TikTok there are people making fun of it, being like the world that Candace Owens thinks that we live in is literally like some militant space where we're forcing men to wear dresses and they're like, no, no, don't make me wear the dress. And then they pretend to beat them up and drag yeah. them to jail. So, so it's yeah. all these satire like TikToks that I found out. That's the only reason why I knew about yeah, Candace okay. Owens' yeah. comments. See, whereas I think Candace is perhaps seeing something that a, a deeper message behind it that's trying to be pushed yeah. forward in society. Yeah. And so if it was purely... Harry trying to be creative, right? Yeah. Why didn't he just dress up as like a Dalmatian dog since that was his favourite outfit or a, or a creature or an animal? Like it's interesting that he did choose particularly a feminine outfit and he did say, and this is why I think there's another yeah. thing behind it, he did say that what's really exciting to him is that all these lines are just kind of crumbling away. When you take away there's clothes for men and there's clothes for women, once you remove any barriers, you just open up the arena in which you play. And then he went back yeah. on about how fun it is to to play with clothes and it's so yeah. But my question's like, well, what what lines crumbling away and removing of barriers are we talking about? Are we talking yeah. about de- deconstructing gender here? I Do don't know. I, I don't know. I don't follow I, – like I like hairstyles, but I probably don't follow his whole like – um, stance on that kind of stuff enough. So I don't know what he's spoken about before or if he's – I don't really know if he's spoken about it before. For, in my mind, I think it's just like a David Bowie Prince type character that is just trying to be a little bit androgynous and doesn't right. really – like maybe goes uh, – I don't know. That, mm. What's the lead singer of Laney? 
I don't know. Oh yeah, everyone um, loves I love him. him. Um, oh, how can I forget his name? He's worn dresses Annie. before. Like yes, in his Ashton music. told me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's still. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Maybe I should fact check that before I say it. But I'm pretty sure he's like a straight white male that yeah, is still so. like quite masculine, but is potentially playing with the boundaries of fashion there mm-hmm. because he paints his nails and he's like. I don't know, he pushes the boundary, I yeah. guess, there. So I'm like, maybe Harry Styles, I don't know. I know that he's bisexual, but I don't know if he necessarily identifies as non-binary, whereas someone yeah. like, um, like Stan Smith, he yeah. identifies as that. So it might be different if it was Stan Smith, but I don't know where Harry yeah, sits fits on that, that. Yeah. that spectrum yeah. of where does he identify male, female, non-binary, like where does he sit? Yeah. And I think even if Harry, you make a good point about what was Harry's motivation. Yeah. And that's one thing. But I reckon that Vogue, d- d- regardless of what Harry might have thought, yeah. that Vogue, and then there were other people commenting in there like Olivia Wilde, who I think has... She's an actor. Yeah. yeah. And he's done some stuff for her. He's in something that somehow connected... The comments that they made made yeah. me think that they are using him, perhaps, or his yeah. flamboyancy and his willingness to don a dress, whatever his motive might be, yeah. that they're willing to use him for a little bit more of a motive here. Yeah. Because, That's yeah. probably what I think as well, that I, I feel like Harry probably didn't have much to do with choosing what outfit he would wear on the cover. Yeah, maybe. So behind the scenes of a Vogue shoot, celebrities or whoever's getting um, – sort of pitch there they get some say in it but it's really the creative directors that have the main push and the main say so even when I saw it probably my initial reaction was did he choose I don't think he's being forced into it but I'm like oh was this his idea did he come to the table and go this is what I want to do I think this is what I want to do and push this um idea of whatever whatever that's what I question because I'm like, I actually think it's probably the Vogue creative directors would have been behind that going, yes. okay, this is actually the concept. Choose out of these several concepts, but they all involve a dress or yes. they all involve yes. whatever, whatever. So I think it's probably less to do with Harry's choice and yeah. more to do with the absolute direction of yes. Vogue, which is kind of what you're uh, what you're making comments on, which is like literally what other people have been saying. Yeah, to- totally. And, and, I, and I'm wondering if, because we're at a time in society where, and I've talked about this previously about um, de- people deconstructing their faith in the yeah. Bible, and it's become very in vogue, pardon the yeah. pun because we're talking about Vogue magazine, yeah, yeah. but it's become very in vogue to, to teach people and tell young people particularly yeah. to deconstruct everything, including yeah. gender. Yeah. So I'm wondering if when even Harry talks about the lines crumbling away and removing of the barriers and then Olivia Wilde commented, it's pretty powerful and kind of extraordinary to see someone in his position redefining what it can mean to be a man with confidence. And then she said, he's truly devoid of any traces of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So is she trying, are they trying to then say that to avoid, you know, that there's obviously the patriarchy and toxic masculinity yeah. and therefore we've got to <clears throat> feminize men to, to bring about a healthier maybe, version of masculinity? Maybe. I think some people could read it like that. I don't know enough about them. I would mm. say when I read her comment, I think I'm sort of like, I think they're just, I think you can be masculine and break down barriers of men wear pants, women wear skirts. 
And I don't, I don't know, it's yeah. complicated. It's obviously so complicated because yes. we associate masculinity with those symbols yes. in terms of clothing. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe, what was that comment? Oh, There it was. What? You're right. Don't, oh, no. Okay. That's fine. Um, there, there it is. It's pretty. Right. I think when she, in my, when I interpret that comment, I think yeah. when she's talking about he's devoid of toxic masculinity of, and he's having true confidence yeah. is that he can probably still stand in his masculinity regardless of what the outfit is. Because when I view Harry Styles, I don't necessarily see him as feminine. I see him as still quite masculine, which yes, is kind of like yeah. the guy from Laney that. is that I'm like, yeah. he's very yeah. feminine with his fashion choices, the, that lead, other lead singer. But I still would be like, but his energy is still very masculine. And there's yeah. probably a confidence which she might be talking about there. But yeah. I, yeah, I guess there is this whole like anything that is traditionally yeah, masculine is labelled. Yeah, and yeah. is labelled as toxic. Yeah. Which I'm like, ugh. And you, you said before about, you know, and some and it's a fair call. People go, Well, women can wear pants. And once yeah. upon a time women only wore dresses in yeah. Western culture. But in every different cult and then some people say, Well, what about the Scottish? They wear kilts. Yeah. Right? But in, this is the thing. In every culture, there are still outward um, accepted behaviours or yeah. accepted clothes in every culture for a man and for a woman. So yeah, even in, yeah. say, Scotland, where the men do wear kilts, yeah. there's still a differentiation between what the men wear and it's what still the a women wear, right? Symbol. A right. kilt is a masculine symbol, It is. I but guess. here yeah. in the Western society, yeah. a dress is still considered yeah feminine yeah so by him wearing a dress i still think there's a huge political statement there yeah yeah potentially well, de- well definitely Maybe. i will definitely well that's the whole conversation that our entire Otherwise society he would have dressed is having. as a avatar yeah 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 <laughs> a dog or like a fancy funky suit or something um yeah, yeah definitely so here's another thing that i thought too um obviously the whole point was to be transgressive right and um, one point that um, Candace Owen made was that, and this is not just her, this is actually yeah. in general, a society can't survive without strong men. Yeah. And uh, we don't have time to go into that, or that's probably in a whole other podcast yeah. on, yeah. on that. A strong society, a society can't survive without strong men. So are they trying to, uh, do you, when you see Harry in a dress or if you, like, can you imagine if Cameron walked in in a dress? No, I, Cameron's probably like, a, like on the spectrum of male to female, pretty up with male. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I just it would be so ooh, ooh, out of nowhere. Back. It would be like what? <laughs> it would be bizarre. But you know what you've just said? I'm going to pick you apart now. Yeah, this is Erin right. and Renee at our greatest. Okay. So you've just said, therefore, that masculinity is uh, if you wear a dress, you're more on the feminine side. Less, yeah, you're less, yeah, definitely. Ma- less masculine. I, I guess so. Yeah, definitely. See? Because it's a – yeah, absolutely. I agree that dresses are a symbol of femininity. Feminism. 100%. Yeah. And I don't think they're necessarily – yeah, I think they're absolutely more feminine. So I guess yeah. – But uh, look, if our society were to change, right, over yeah. the next couple of decades, like when suits came in for women. Yeah. I'm like, yay, the suit. You know me, I'm hardly ever in a dress, maybe a yeah. boho dress. I love pants. Say our society were to change, right? Yeah. I would have no problem with that. I would yeah. have no problem if in 20 years' time 
maybe ten, it could be in yeah. two, that there were certain outfits that we had considered more more feminine yeah. that men could wear. I actually don't have yeah. an issue with that at all. Yeah. But what I have an issue with is are they trying to redefine what being a man is? Yeah, I I probably sense that in culture where it's like this one probably group. Yeah. Maybe not one group. I don't know. But more, yeah. obviously always seen usually on the left side of politics. That left yeah. side sort of really pushes um, inclusivity. We're inclusive. We're inclusive. We're inclusive. Men should be able to be more feminine, blah, 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 blah. Can you but hear when the a man. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. They're laughing. They're laughing. It's kookaburras laughing at us. Sorry. Um, they're like inclusive, inclusive. Men should be able to be a bit more fluent with their fashion choices or wherever they sit, et cetera, et cetera. But if you, if, a man like Cam yeah. was like, no, I'm just like super, I'm just hyper masculine. I don't know. It's yeah. just who I am. Um, I feel like they wouldn't be included and they're yes. pinned as anything that's more yes. masculine and has no traces yes. of femininity is like cut down. It's yes. like, no, you've got, to- you're toxic, you're toxic, you're toxic. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know. I think some people are yeah. just, if you want to accept the other side of the spectrum, you've got to also accept that some guys are literally taught or natural yeah um are on the ma- masculine yeah like real yep. masculine end of the spectrum and that 100%. also should be respected whereas i feel like they're not as respected anymore yeah they're like, almost yeah. Qu- very quick to pull them down as the patriarchy yeah the white male. or like the white male which i am guilty of in the past i've definitely been like <laughs> oh you're a white male therefore i'm assuming all of these things about you right. which is probably not healthy it will it's definitely not healthy i don't want to assume that anyone's malicious before i know them just because yeah. you can't um, judge someone's heart yeah literally when yes. that's just like if i yeah i would write so many important people off in my life if i did that yeah um so I do think it's interesting that that we we are trying to break down barriers so that guys who might not fit into that hyper masculine yes. category can feel like they're not written off as people, but yeah, it's also like you we've also got to have the space for the hyper masculine as well because totally. they're also important. We probably yeah. need them as well. Yep, I agree. I think that's really well said, and. I think we can, you, you said it well, we can break down barriers that aren't healthy. Because yeah. I think being masculine doesn't mean that some men don't um, ha, might have more feminine traits. That doesn't mean that they're not masculine. Yeah, 100%. You know? And then you've got people like Cameron who his yeah. masculine traits are more aggressive and strong yeah. and, you know, the good, the good side of that, I'm saying. Um, so... I think that where I have an issue is are they trying to pull down, you know, are they trying to say that uh, gender is a social construct, that masculinity and femininity yeah, is a social construct they that they that. want to pull down. And and yeah. I have issue with that as well because it's actually um, masculine behaviour and feminine behaviour are biological realities too. Yeah. And there's some yeah. things we can't pull wow. down. I truly love that argument of like the biology of, yeah. of gender is mm. so interesting that it's like we'll accept the science on climate change or evolution or all these other things, but when it comes to gender and science, it's like no one wants Throw to touch the science it. science out the window. Absolutely no one wants yeah. to touch it, but there yeah. are some certain biological things. And that doesn't write off um, someone who, like, doesn't I, like, born, who is transgender. Like, that doesn't yeah. write off yeah. their experience. Yes. But I'm like, yeah, yes. yeah it probably does. We need to be wary of these things because different things yeah. are going to affect your body. Different yeah. things are going to be affected in sports. Yeah. Like there's just many like things that you've got to take into account. So 
behind. Yeah. That's a whole other. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Because if you leave, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, if you leave boys and girls uh, or men and women to their natural yeah. devices in society, in general, not all the time, yeah. but in general, men will tend to go for the more um, science-based, STEM-based yeah. kind of um, how their careers. brains are wired. That, that, yeah. See, you yeah. just said how their brains are what. So there's some biology in there. Yeah. And women t- do tend to go for more of the nurturing, yeah. but not all the time. There's obviously yeah. crossover and that's what we're saying yeah. here. And so to completely ignore the reality of biology, but I think that's where society is going. It's saying ignore your biology. Yeah. You go with what you identify as in your brain, in yeah. your mind, yeah. in your emotions. Yeah not your biology. Whereas yeah. I think our world, my worldview is, well, no, my biology does determine my gender. To an extent, I've always thought this is such an interesting thought. So mm. myself, I probably am probably more, have more masculine traits, mm-hmm. but I've always been like, yeah, I'm a female. Yes. Like I've just known that there's never been like, even though I feel like I'm quite a tomboy. Yes. Yeah. I'm very... I don't know. I feel like I have all these more yeah. masculine traits. I'm probably more assertive and more dominant. I put my yeah. foot forward. Yeah. Um, those, I don't know, those yeah. cliche masculine things. But I still am like, no, I'm a female. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. And you are in no way, shape or form devalued in any way. Like yeah. my sister grew up more of a tomboy. Yeah. She never had a hard time. Yeah. Well, she didn't. I don't know. I, hope, I, don't, I don't know if you did, but she didn't. She was quite the tomboy and was fine. I feel... Pretty fine. You feel fine? I had a pretty great Do you need therapy? Growing. Do you need to lay down I, You on know my what? I probably do need therapy. <laughs> Everyone true. should need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the last thing I want to touch on is the the huge contradiction that I yeah. it can see. So bear mm. with me on this one. Yeah, okay. So on the one hand, they say gender is important, gender is real, right? That Because they're saying masculinity and femininity exist. Yeah, yeah. Because they're saying... That um, it's not based on biology, but yep. what you identify with. So basically, you can choose your gender. So on one hand, they're saying it does exist. They're saying that um, uh, Harry, who's a man, yeah. can become more uh, identify with more feminine behaviours if he wants to. So on the one hand, yeah. they are saying that it's gender is real. Right? Yeah, yeah. And but then, then on they the switch other it. hand, they're saying, but <laughs> yeah. no, gender is socially constructed. And we're only feminine because men are pushing the patriarchy on us. So they kind of want it bet both ways. Gender's yeah. real, but also socially constructed. It's definitely not real, yeah. So it's real and then it's not real. I'm really confused. Yeah, I definitely find that isn't interesting. Well, he said it. Break down the barriers. Hang on, yeah. but you're wearing a dress, which you know is it's feminine. feminine. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a bit interesting. There's always, like, a lot of hypocrisy, I think, from either extreme. I think the hypocrisy is more these. on one side. I do see, I'm seeing it more and more and I'm a little bit like, no, (laughs) I guess I'm a little, I'm definitely center, but probably a little bit more left leaning, but it does get frustrating when I do feel like this loud, um, majority of the left have so many contradictions, Mm. um, that they are unwilling to address, like absolutely unwilling to address. Like the science one you just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's use the science for climate change, but let's not use it for biology. And literally anything else. Yeah, it doesn't. So I do think it's interesting that they want one thing, but also don't want it. I'm like, what do you guys actually want? A utopia where 
anything goes and it's like they won't even be open to the conversation of is this actually healthy so I was listening to a podcast Mm. like accidentally the other day um before I knew Mm. that I was gonna Mm. even gonna be here and there is it's not um there's a thought that this lady was talking about that at not in every fall of civilization but it has been a factor in um the fall of some great civilizations like mm. the Romans and the Greeks yep. that right before they pretty much crashed and burned, one of the like um, signs mm-hmm. or one of the um, th- issues that they mm. were dealing with was everyone moving towards androgyny, which is like like a very fluid, like sexually fluid, gender right. fluid society, right. which it wasn't the main thing. So I just to yeah. be really clear. Yeah. It was not the main thing. There was obviously a lot of political issues surrounding yeah. land issues, people coming in and like overtaking the Romans and the Greeks. There was a lot yeah. of like internal issues. However, one of like their big yeah. sort of um common denominators. Yeah, yeah, was that. And they've looked at a few different sort of ancient societies and seen the same thing. It's not there are societies that have collapsed which um yeah. weren't like that yeah. at all or, or that thrived yeah. that were moving towards androgyny which is great yeah um that worked for them but yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that when we're seeing the kind of political um what would you call it division Divide, yeah. at the moment and yeah. one of those like one of the big tickets of the other side is like gender identity sort yes. of gender politics yes I, I'm sort of like, oh, I wonder where this will look like. Will we balance it out? Will it even out? Yeah. Is it just all coming to the surface at the moment? We're kind of going a little bit yeah. like, let's anything goes. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's why yeah, I interesting. have the, that is why I have the podcast and I'm not backward in coming forward about yeah. that because I believe that conservative values are the best way to live. I believe that Bible values are the yeah. best way to live. I, I do not believe in children who are absolute babies choosing their gender and you know there's just so many things that I think are so unhealthy and they're so new too yeah. and it's like experimental we're experimenting on a generation yeah. and that's why I wanted to read yeah. this book it gets a little bit nerve-wracking I think when it feels almost like a trend at the moment yeah. and I'm like yep. if you make a trend out of someone like there are yeah. people that are genuinely, genuinely yes. transgender, yeah. genuinely struggling yeah. with being like non-binary or yeah. like don't know how to, don't know where they sit. And I almost feel like some, because it's so hyped on social media, it's so hyped everywhere that people take it on as trendy. And then yeah. it kind of, it, I, I can't help but feel like, I feel like some of those kids that are probably really struggling with being transgender maybe feel missed or written off because yeah. they just get lumped into, oh, well, you're just a kid that's jumping on the train here. Yes. So I'm almost like, oh, let's not make yep. this a trend, which is like a re- – that would be such a heavy and difficult thing to deal with. It would, If yes. you were born and you felt like you were in the wrong body yes. your whole life. Like I cannot yeah. but imagine. Which historically though is 0.01%. Yeah, it's so small. Of a population. It's so yeah. small and it is a shame for those genuine, you know, the, the 0.01% yeah. um, that they might get missed in all this yeah. and that they might. And like not taken seriously yeah. or. Yeah. I don't know. So that's, I sort of, my heart sort of, I'm very passionate about LGBTQI. Mm. 
Oh my goodness. It's LGBTQIAPK plus. Oh if that if we're being correct. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I have a big passion about that um whole like demographic. I'm like, I literally want you to feel so loved and so valued and heard. You're very compassionate. But yeah, I get nervous when people are just like just a jumping on something that I'm like, this is actually yeah. a massive thing for people. Don't just make it some quick trend when it's like yes. actually yeah. a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Big and I think that's lives. the question getting back to the book and we'll wrap up in a second, getting back to the book. That was the question that she's asking at the start yeah. is when you look at the statistics, this was not something that, you know, it, it, she's specifically looking at teenage girls. Yeah. And she said before 2012 there were hardly any teenage girls yeah. that were, you know, t- transitioning yeah. and there's been an explosion. So she's asking why? why? And then she looks back at history yeah. and I like that. She looks back a decade ago, a few decades ago and yeah. then a century ago and then two centuries ago, what was affecting teenage girls at those times. Yeah, yeah. And the point, one of the points she talks about, which I love, is the pain is definitely there and the pain is real. Yeah. The, how the pain of a teenage girl is outworked is different in it's every... Different. Yeah, depending on kind yeah. right? Like well, what might be... It's a full-on environment at the moment because it's everything very... is screaming in your ear. Yeah. And everything we've got so many, um, you know, people like you, Erin, on the coal face working with young people. So um, I think it's good we have these conversations. Absolutely. That was quite serious for you I and know, me. I know. <laughs> I usually... Yeah, feel like I'm goofing around. But we so, do have. This is this is yeah. her and I on a genuine basis. I've got a good um, – no, actually, I'll tell you that later. No, I was going to say I've got a good um, uh, chapter that I want you to read in a book about astronomy. Hang on, astronomy. What's astrology? the stars? Astrology. Astronomy. Oh, astronomy. <laughs> astrology. Is that the stars? Yeah, like star signs and stuff. Yeah, I've got some interesting stuff oh, for you on that. I am interested in that. <laughs> I do not practice astrology just as a waiver. No, she does not. But, but I do know a lot about it. She does know a lot about it. I was going to say <laughs> Harry Styles and Aquari- is an Aquarius at the beginning, but I was like, ooh, no one will get That's not allowed. <laughs> All right. So, guys, make sure that you come to Facebook and find Girl Next Door Book Club and request, answer the question. Um, it is a kind place. I don't want anyone on there that's going to be, you know, bullying in any kind of a way. And for anyone that's genuinely interested in this book, Irreversible Damage, go get it now. And uh, you might see, you'll definitely see me there. You might even see Erin there. You will. Oh, awesome. Thanks, guys. See you, Erin. Goodbye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. <laughs>